Hello fans, welcome back to the JRPG Report. This is podcast number 60, and we've got a very fun show for you in store today. We've got some news and notes to talk about from around the JRPG universe, as well as a few questions that have come in to the uh, JRPG Report Facebook page. So let's not waste any time and get right into it. You uh, may have seen... uh, There was a small little uh, video that some company in Japan released about some small game that nobody's been like, okay, okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake was finally, um, I guess, re-revealed, re-teased to the world during the uh, latest State of Play broadcast from PlayStation. Uh, they all the hints were out that this was going to happen, and indeed it did. So you've probably seen the video. If you've not, uh, go ahead and check it out so you uh, have a better idea what we are talking about. Um, we had teased, you know, that there's going to be something coming up at the uh, Final Fantasy VII concert, which will predate E3 this year. But this was kind of just. Um, Let's hold you over until then. Um, the video was just over a minute long. We got to see um, the redesigns for Cloud, Barrett, uh, Jesse, a few of the other Avalanche members. And we finally got to see her uh, in uh, all her glory. Aerith was uh, brought back to life for us. And uh, she looked amazing. There, there's no two ways about it. Uh, the gameplay doesn't look to have deviated much from what we saw previously. Um, as if there was any doubts, it is it is definitely still going to be an action RPG um, in the lines of Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, not a little disappointing to me. I, I'd half hope that maybe we would go back and somehow still go back to turn base, but that is the that is what it is. So uh there's no two ways about it. The the game looks absolutely phenomenal. There are a lot of um tips of the hat and nods to the previous game. Uh but this is as if Final Fantasy Seven was being made today. And today's game of choice is the action RPG. So this is what we're going to get. I don't want to feel like a wet blanket on the whole experience. Um, it's just my preferred uh, type of game is turn-based. There are more than a few people out there like myself. The game was turn-based when it came out, so I would anticipate you would get that when it came out. But let's, let's talk more about... Uh, the actual trailer and and I'm I'm still very excited for this game. It looks, you know, cuz 15 turned into, you know, warping around, going kind of crazy. This looks to be a little bit more um just a core experience. Um Cloud is shown using uh his limit break braver quite often. It's it's not, you know, a normal attack. It is definitely still a special attack. There definitely appears to be the option to switch in between characters. Um, at one point, it actually shows uh, Cloud and Aerith fighting, and Tifa is in the party. 
but you don't see her. So I'm guessing that she will be revealed uh, either at E3 or, or right before it. But the game is shaping up to look pretty sweet. Um, I guess there's no way, two ways about it. This will be a day one purchase for me. Um, we even got to see Sephiroth at the very end of it. So, um, uh, talking about it in a tweet, uh, no more added that most of the plans were already in place in the run up to launch. So please bear with us a little longer until we can release more information next month. And that was teased at the very end of the video that more information was coming in June, which is exactly what we were all expecting. Um, what are your feelings? Um, are you just playing excited? Are you like myself? Are you a little, well, it certainly looks great, but it's not, it's not the game that I played over 20 years ago and, uh, was hoping for it. It is exciting. It is an exciting game. There's no doubt about it. Maybe at some point we get just a HD remake of the game and just it looks you know uses these assets to to go back to a turn-based system but and uh, i think we're gonna be waiting still a while for this um it was still confirmed that this will be a multi-part release in a japanese blog post the company said that for final fantasy 7 remake which will be reborn on ps4 there is a lot of content to review in doing a full remake and production is underway as multiple parts that we mentioned before, it was probably going to be the three discs. Somewhere along those breaks, that seems like a a good breakup into three parts. Think, you know, a major blockbuster comes out in a trilogy. There's three parts to it. This is going to be played mm, similarly. Still, not, I'm guessing they're probably going to try to get away with <laughs> charging as much as they possibly can for this game, especially if it takes up until next year to to come out there uh there's been a lot of excitement for this one and, and rightfully so this this game is going to make or break square enix they're in a um in a position to where they really need a home run with this one i think 15 was overall a letdown for for fans and uh, they need to get this one right so they're certainly taking their time um it certainly looks like that you will be able to play uh, different characters. You don't have to just play with Cloud. That uh, that will add some some gameplay uh, variants. I'm excited about that. It'll be pretty fun to play as uh, as Vincent or Yuffie. Um, nobody wants to play with Kate Sith, but it will definitely add some some different elements to it to be able to play as as different characters. And we'll just we just got to wait and see on this one. Like I said, it's going to be a while, but it certainly looks fantastic. The the thing I was a little bit uh, concerned with is outside of the character models for Aerith and Sephiroth, they, we haven't seen much new in the way of um, environments. It certainly looks like this is what we saw before. It's just been changed a little bit and refined. So that tells me that they are very much still in development of part one 
um, in Midgar. So we got a ways, folks. But let's just wait until E3 and see what they reveal. Maybe they're further along than people think, and we may get episode one this year. That would be pretty cool. But it's uh, it's interesting that to be in 2019 and talking about um, a game that is not coming out for a while, <laughs> to say the least. Um, speaking of E3, uh, Nintendo announced its plans for E3. Um, starting on June the 8th, they're going to have a Splatoon 2 World Championship. That'll be live streamed to everybody. Um, that is starting at 11 a.m. And then a few hours later at 2 p.m., there will be the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate World Championship 3 versus 3. That'll be live streamed as well, I guess, at the conclusion of the Splatoon 2, they said. Now for uh, their Nintendo Direct, you will turn in, tune in at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on June the 11th. So I guess that'll be noon Eastern Time. That'll be the first uh, first look at um, the tiles that they're going to show. Now, this is, they're saying this is going to be focused entirely on software. Uh, we mentioned that there was not going to be any hardware before, and it looks like they are going to stick with that. No big announcements of a a uh, a new switch or anything like that. This is purely going to be on software, and we will see what they had to reveal. Um, I'm hoping that we finally get some news on a like a Xenoblade Chronicles three that uh, this is finally teased as something that's actually happening. That would be pretty cool. Um, but there, I'm sure there'll be some other JRPG stuff mixed in there somewhere. Uh, maybe something on the new uh, Shimigami Tetsu. But, <laughs> um, I got that completely mixed up. But we'll see. Perhaps about Persona 5 Royal possibly coming to the Switch. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear some more about Dragon Quest Eleven for the Switch. So there's still there's some interesting stuff coming out of Nintendo. They're definitely becoming more and more a home for great JRPGs, and we'll just see what they announce. Uh, directly after that, uh, we will have the uh, Nintendo Treehouse Live. They kind of showed this uh, last year, maybe the year before, where they get more in depth with each title and uh, actually get some people to play it from the floor. And so I really like what Nintendo does with E3. They 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 kind of just do their own thing, but still embrace the show. You know, it's not like Sony with with not being there anymore. They still like to like to do their thing. And so we were talking about Square Enix. Let's uh, let's talk about a little bit more. And uh, this may be a bit of a bummer to some people. Square Enix has closed uh, Studio Asatola and canceled its fantasy RPG title project, Prelude Room. The company I told U.S. Gamer in a quote following evaluation of various aspects of Project Prelude Rune, development of the title has been canceled, a Square Enix representative said. Studio Asatola is no longer in operation and we've been taking appropriate steps to assign studio staff to other projects within uh, the Square Enix group. Not terribly surprising with um, Baba leaving the company and... Uh, that was kind of his thing. So this is all officially um, officially done. We're not going to get to see what they had um, planned with Project Prelude Rune. Maybe it's a bit of a bummer. I, I really liked at least the one screenshot. It looked 
uh, art style similar to something like Rogue Galaxy. It looked like it could be a interesting title, but it's gone. It's dead. We're not getting that one any longer. Uh, God of Year 3 updates. They are going to a post version 1.4. And coming soon, there will be a Switch version demo coming out. And a date has not been announced left, but the demo will support local multiplayer. So people who've been waiting for that one for the Switch, wait just a little bit longer, then you will uh, you will get that one. Omega Labyrinth Life for the Switch launches alongside Censored Labyrinth Life for PS4 on uh, August 1st in Japan. No news net on a Western release. But these are um, roguelike RPGs coming out. Um, if you're interested in those, you can find some some more information on them. But uh, when had a release date, want to pass it along to you guys. Um, another release date, uh, well, or lack thereof, release date. Rune Factory Five is not due out until April of 2020. The company says, Marvelous said that during their latest financial results briefing that uh, they'll be expecting that one in the um, fiscal year 2019. So Rune Factory 5 and Rune Factory fans are going to have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, a game that we won't have to wait very much longer for, Ultimate, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Uh, they got uh, some new gameplay trailers come out for various characters. I uh, saw uh, Miles Morales' Spider-Man trailer, Miss Marvel. Um, there's a bunch of new characters. This one has Daredevil on it. Of course, this is coming out for the Switch on July 19th. And um, just a little more details about it, that uh, you can have your dream team of superheroes from the Marvel Universe, each with unique superpowers. New heroes include Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, and more join the Ultimate Alliance for the first time. This is an original story. Um, well, not an original story, really, because it is uh, as they battle Thanos and the Black Order across the Marvel Universe in this new original story. Well, you know, the story that certainly has played out in Avengers at least a little bit. So we'll get to expand on that a little bit. Local and online four-player. This is what's exciting to me personally, um, having... Uh, family not in the region and um, being big Marvel fans as well I can play with my stepbrother who lives a, a little ways away but we can play online with this one on the Switch or play it at home online with the uh, with the family. Uh, they're adding the heroic camera so in addition to the series traditional perspective players can also use a dynamic zoomed in view allowing for a more immersive play style for single player or multiplayer when using multiple systems. Of course, you can play with the Joy-Cons if you're so inclined or be like me and insist on playing with my Pro Controller. I mean, paid a ton of money for that thing. I'm certainly going to use it. <laughs> uh, Mary Skelter 2 is coming to the West digitally only and only for the Switch. The 3D Dungeon Crawler is due to come out in North America and Europe via the Nintendo eShop publisher Idea Factory International announced. It will also include the first game, Mary Scholar 
Nightmares with revamped systems and balances. It will have English and Japanese audio and English subtitles. The release window was not yet announced. Of course, uh, it did come out in Japan, but uh, Idea Factory did not announce any plans to localize the PlayStation 4 version. So fans, if you're looking forward to that one, you'll need a Switch to play it. I haven't played that series yet. Looks like it could be kind of interesting. Maybe somewhere down the line. Especially anytime you get both versions of, uh, you get the first and second game. That's um, pretty cool. Can't argue with that at all. Uh, Monster, Wonder, Monster Hunter World is getting an expansion called Iceborne. It'll launch September the 6th for PS4 and Xbox One. And uh, be available later this winter for PC. That's really all we know about that one. Another quick story here. Uh, near Automata shipments and digital sales have topped 4 million. Um, so last reported back in December, that was 3.5, but uh, is up to 4 million now, including the uh, that year uh, year of the game of the year edition or your your as they called their game of the year um so it's, I, I don't think square enix expected this to sell that well certainly pleasantly surprised that the game has sold that well and it's always good that uh a game that maybe they were expecting not to sell or expect you know companies always expect a game to sell well but anything Anytime uh, one sells that much better, that just really helps out the company that uh, they can pour more resources into more of the games that we love to play. A, a game I've not talked about before, and it kind of just came across my desk uh, today, and I don't know a ton about it, but I do know it's free. <laughs> and that's a good price point in my mind. It's a, a fantasy RPG called Caravan Stories. And uh, it will launch on PlayStation 4 in open beta for North America on July the 16th. The full version will be out on July the 23rd. Their developer is called Aiming, and they announced that today. It will feature English subtitles with Japanese voiceovers. And I looked at the trailer for this one. The graphics look pretty darn good. Um, Not top-of-the-line PS4 quality, but like high-end PS3 and obviously perfectly fine on PS4. It looks like a very interesting-looking game. Um, check the trailer out if you guys haven't seen it. It 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 says Caravan Story, so you've got your, uh, your party of four that runs around, and then I guess they go from point to point in a walking house called a caravan and you can customize it um but i really like the art style it's got a very anime art art style to it and it's free so you guys kind of know with you know tablet games what you kind of get for free and of course there's you know ways to to enhance your gameplay by paying some money for it but i've i've never got a problem with checking something out for free if it's fun and you enjoy it, enjoy it. It's a bonus. If you don't, it didn't cost you anything. So check this one out. I, I will. Um, I'll be probably jumping on it. Maybe not for the open beta. 
I'll uh, maybe wait till it launches fully on July the 23rd, but I will, uh, I'll check this one out and let you know what I'm thinking of it. Um, something else that came out, a video for Persona 5 Royal called Morgana's Report was released. It takes a new look at the game's new story elements, including the new character, confidants, and the third year semester. Um, kind of, I can tell you guys about that, but it's one of those things you kind of got to watch the, uh, the video to, to fully, uh, comprehend it. And the last story that I want to talk about is also a new video and I'm a bit confused by it. So let's kind of talk about what, uh, what's going on. The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 New Allies trailer came out and it's, uh, says that you can meet the new faces of the Thor's military academy. Um, I checked it out. It's a really cool looking trailer. It's certainly exciting for uh, Trails of Cold Steel fans like myself. Um, gives a overview. says, welcome to the new Class 7. Explore the newly annexed lands of the Empire with a brand new squad and catch up with familiar faces. The immensive story. Combat honed to a fine edge. Still just saying that it's coming out this fall in North America and Europe. So here's where I'm confused by this. Part 2, we know, comes out June 4th. Most people like myself, I am literally just fought the last boss fight last night in Part 1. Why bring this trailer out now? Your game's not coming out to the fall. You've got the second game coming out in a few weeks. And while this game doesn't, or the trailer doesn't have quote-unquote spoilers in it, it would certainly make a lot more sense to any prospective fans if they'd already played part two. Um, and you're still not going to know why Reen's, you know, run around instructor why he's got glasses on in certain parts i don't know what that's about maybe just makes him look more distinguished but um i might exact history of part two is still a little fuzzy since i haven't played back through it again um but definitely the, the one character that is now a student orion um i know she's in part two um I want to say you fight her at some point in time. So she's a student now. Um, oh gosh. The other chick, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but she uses the, uh, the, the, the weapon in both hands there. She's at the end of part two, um, as a crossbell, uh, police cadet or something like that. Um, you definitely see Toa in, in the trailer. So it's kind of like, I just I don't understand the timing of this. I really don't. It's exciting and it's it's nothing but cutscenes. They don't show any gameplay, which is disappointing as well. But just I, I kind of figured you would wait till after part two, maybe a week or two at least, before getting people pumped for your game that doesn't come out until the fall. It's just odd. It's a really cool trailer. It gets me super excited. I just don't understand the timing of it. I really don't. But if you guys get a chance to check it out, please do so. Um, I'm planning on trying to make a, a short video kind of 
detailing the trailer a little bit and breaking things down for people. So maybe check out the JRPG Report YouTube page, and we may have a little bit more about that here very soon. Let's take a quick break and uh, give thanks to our sponsors and be right back with uh, some questions from the Facebook page. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, taking a second to listen to our awesome sponsors. But uh, right now, let's check on over to the JRPG Report Facebook page. We had a couple questions come in this week. Uh, go ahead and join that community. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and give us a like on our YouTube page as well. Uh, we've got live streams almost every night over there. I do some videos from time to time as well. And I'd really appreciate a couple things, guys. Give me a review on whatever podcast service that you use and throw some stars up there. That helps spread the word. And um, if you're interested, I'd really love to level up the podcast. And uh, that would take your support. Um, you can do that through the Anchor app. Um, we are taking supporters. And I will share the link on the JRPG Report Facebook page as well. Uh, anything. I mean, I'm not asking for hundreds of dollars every month. But every little bit would add up. That would help bring the podcast uh, bigger and better and to more people and just keep this thing growing. I appreciate everything that you guys have done to this point, but uh, we'd really like to start bringing in just a few bucks that would uh, make the wife happy and uh, keep things happy at home and things rolling along. Uh, Two questions this week to answer. Um, First and foremost, we had Hans ask, should Square Enix stop with Final Fantasy for the time being? and focus on a brand new intellectual property. Um, my first response is absolutely that they should try to do what they do best. Try to come up with something new because reinventing final fantasy, every iteration is, I don't think it's working. Um, unfortunately or unfortunately however you want to look at it Final Fantasy 7 Remake is going to take up the next 2 or 3 years of Square Enix's life they are wholly pot committed devoted to this title and making it as good as it possibly could be after that or even maybe towards the end of it we're going to get news of Final Fantasy 16 it's coming it'll be a PS5 game um I don't anticipate it's going to be anywhere near the launch. But in my opinion, that would be a really smart thing to do. To maybe say, okay, here's what Final Fantasy used to be. Here's what got all these people in love in the first place. Let's make another game like that. Even if it's an offshoot. Um, we've gotten just about every game uh, an HD remaster of it, uh, like Crystal Chronicles is coming out soon. There's Those games are going to keep on coming, I have no doubt. But a new IP sounds great. Going back to what made the series great. If they don't do it, somebody else is going to. And it's going to catch fire and people are going to love it. So I really think that... They'd be well served um, 
to do that. Thanks for the thanks for the question, Hans. I don't know if that answered it or not, but that's the best thing I could uh, come up with. Uh, Jeff asks, "What is a good length for an RPG? What's too short, and what is too long?" Um, the generic answer for this or any game is, "Well, it depends on the game." You know, some stories obviously take longer to tell than others. You know, when you're dealing with like action games, you're like, yeah, you know, it could be a short 15 hour, 20 hour game. And that's perfectly fine. Can you imagine a 20 hour JRPG? I, I honestly, I can't. Um, it would, it would just seem wrong. I'm sure you could get in there and do it, but it wouldn't do it justice because typically with our genre, we love great deep stories character development, uh, crazy stories that uh, just are huge in scope, and they take a long time to tell. For me, a benchmark used to be that 100-hour mark. And I've I've started to kind of rethink that process. Um, And the example that I used when I was answering the question online was Persona 5. For me, it took closer to 120 hours. And there, if you go back and listen to the podcast, I even mentioned that the last bit just drug on too long. Um, they could have easily chopped 20 hours, which would have got back down to 100. Um, maybe they could have chopped another 20 to get it closer to 80. And I think that opinion has also changed as my life has changed. Um, there's a lot more commitments that you have later in life. When you get out of school, you know, maybe you don't have a hundred hours to devote to a game like you used to. Um, in particular, as I'm playing through Trails of Cold Steel one, um, I hit 60 hours not long ago. I'm, I'm going to be under 70 and it feels really good around that time frame. And then, you certainly cannot say that they did not tell a huge story with lots of character development and a great battle system and still clocked it in um, in that time. Now, this is the third time I played this game. I certainly did not do as much exploring and running around, talking to every person in town as I did before. So maybe, you know, if you do those things, it flushes it out to closer to 80 so let's just let's put it right there. Let's put that sixty to eighty mark. Um, you could tell it in less time, but it might not be as good. So if now and if if I'm investing sixty hours or sixty dollars into a brand new JRPG that comes out in 2019, and it's less than sixty hours, so if you do easy math, it's a dollar per hour. That's a great bargain to me. Um, if I play, if I put down 60 bucks for an action game and it's done in 10 hours, I'm pretty upset with that. And I don't typically play games like that. And I certainly don't typically buy them when they first come out. So I'm not spending 60 bucks on it. So it completely depends on the game. But I think if you hit that 60 to 80 hour mark for our genre in particular, you can, really hit the sweet spot. Um, if you're done with the game, certainly don't stretch it out longer than it needs to be. 
But you always want your customers to feel like they got great value for their investment, especially people who are buying your product on the first day. Don't give us a 40-hour game and then give us two expansions later on that get it up to that point and cost us extra money. That kind of cheapens the whole experience. But that, So I hope that answered it. You know, Everybody's answer is going to be a little bit different, but that's the best that, uh, that I can come up with. Guys, if you want to ask me a question, you can do so on the Facebook page, JRPG Report. Uh, leave a picture of your collection. Uh, if you got some figures, we always like to see those. When you get that brand new special edition, you know, give a good selfie with your mug in it. That's always fun. We we love seeing that type of stuff. So feel free to share and have fun with that. Um, that's all I got for you guys. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. I uh, do want to give a shout out. We had three people join the group this week, so big props. You know who you are. Um, we got a nice little community going over there. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on YouTube. Give us those reviews. Head over to Facebook. Do all that fun stuff that you like to do anyway. And spread the word. We love people. To, love to get more people listening to the podcast because I certainly enjoy bringing it to you guys. Almost every week. Um, taking vacation here in a couple weeks, so not sure how that's going to go down um, with the Anchor app. And by the way, you can leave a voicemail on the Anchor app. I'll answer those questions and comments as well, include you in the show. But um, I can actually record from my phone, so I thought I might bring a little little microphone and try to try to do that at the beach if if a show is warranted. But we'll see. Almost every week. That's how we try to do it. So let's cut it off here for episode 60. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for giving us a little piece of your day and listening to our completely clean, family-friendly podcast. That's how we like to roll. So until next time, guys, get back out there and level up.